listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or the World Watch List, you can visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Jared here from Open Doors Canada. Today we're finishing up this little mini-series that we've been doing over the summer on persecution and theology. I hope you'll sit down, maybe open up your Bible. I've got my coffee with me. And just take a few minutes. We're going to be talking about the conclusion of the story of the theology of persecution. In the last number of episodes, we started talking about understanding persecution from the point of view of a Canadian in 2023. We also talked about listening to the persecuted church and the importance of understanding how our brothers and sisters choose to follow Jesus. We also talked about the importance of praying for the persecuted church using the story of Peter and his arrest at the hands of Herod and how the church prayed for him and received a miracle. Today we're going to finish that up with a simple subject, hope. Hope for the persecuted church. You see, Open Doors' work can be really sad, to be honest. Open Doors, as an organization, works to strengthen the persecuted church around the world, and that brings a lot of joy in doing that, but it also sees a lot of pain. Open Doors workers around the world have seen our brothers and sisters suffer, we've seen them die, we've seen them be kicked out of homes and villages, we've seen them lose income and business. There's a lot of grief, and yet I'm constantly reminded that the hope that we have isn't found in the work that Open Doors does. Open Doors workers are grateful to be a part of how God is building His kingdom in the world, but the end of the story doesn't have anything to do with Open Doors. Today we're talking about the end of the story. We're going to go all the way to Revelation. Persecution in the church goes back to the days of the Roman Empire, persecution under emperors like Nero and Diocletian, all the way to 2023, where our brothers and sisters in North Korea still experience severe persecution in the forms of labor camps, even death. The end of the story is one of hope. And a little bit of a personal note here, what we're going to talk about today is my favorite part of the whole Bible. It's the last two chapters of Revelation, my favorite passages in the entire scriptures. So I'm going to read portions of it. I'm going to read Revelation 21, a few verses, as well as a few from Revelation 22, the last two chapters in the Word of God. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with his people. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God, and he will be my son. 
skipping over to verse 22 of chapter 21. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. This is the story of the new heavens and the new earth. These whole two chapters kind of summarize John's vision of the city of God and the recreation of the world. I've just chosen a few verses to kind of highlight and summarize it. I think we often think of heaven incorrectly. We hold on to the hope of going to heaven after we die, or seeing our loved ones in heaven again someday. And we have this idea that uh, the hope of our future is some sort of different dimension, some, uh, some astral plane where we'll float around like spirits. We call it heaven. It is other. It's out there somewhere. And the final part of the Bible doesn't really talk about that. Instead, it's very tangible and very physical. It's a new earth, not just heaven. It's interesting that in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. And in Revelation 21, God recreates the heavens and the earth. The final part of the story, not just of the persecuted church, but of the world and life in general, is a recreation of things as they were meant to be. And we have a little taste of it here in Revelation 21 and 22. That is where our hope lies, in things being made new. One of my favorite verses in this part of the Bible, possibly my favorite verse of all, is verse 3 and 4 of Revelation 21, where it says that there will be no more tears, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain, for all of these things have passed away. When we pray for our persecuted family, we pray for a lot of very sad situations. And this verse gives me so much joy in knowing how the story is going to end. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more crying or pain. That means that the grieving widow who's lost her husband to persecution, they will be reunited and that grief will be no more. The person who has lost his income because of his faith won't have to worry about finances or money anymore. Those who have gone hungry will hunger no more. Those who are thirsty will be thirsting no more. God will come and dwell with his people and everything is going to be made right again. Those of you who have ever read the Chronicles of Narnia, in the very final book, The Last Battle, is summarized just like this. Everything wrong is made right once more. That's such a nice little phrase, a nice little way of putting it. Everything wrong is made right. 
At the end of verse, or at the end of chapter 21 and the start of chapter 22, we have a very interesting little passage about how the nations are going to be healed at the end of all time. John talks about this city and how there's no uh, no daytime, no nighttime, because God is the light, uh, and there was no more darkness. It says that the nations will walk in the light of God. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Again, that gives me so much joy when I look at the uh, the, the broken state of the world nowadays. See, at Open Doors, we have the World Watch List. That's this document right here. The World Watch List is a ranking of the top 50 countries where Christians experience the most persecution. It's data-driven and gives you prayer points and information to keep you informed about the state of the persecuted church. If you open up this World Watch List pamphlet right into the middle, we've got this map. It's a map of the world with the top 50 countries of the World Watch List highlighted and color-coded. It's very handy. You can get your copy of the World Watch List on our website. There's a plug for you. And in Revelation 21 and 22, we see that these nations are healed. Now, these nations highlighted on the World Watch List certainly aren't the only ones in the world that need to be healed, but it's an easy point of reference. Nations will walk by the light of the Lord. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into the temple of God, where God is king. Everything wrong in the world is going to be made right again, under the reign of God himself. Here's a really interesting verse. Chapter 22, verses uh, verses 2, excuse me. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. I mentioned earlier how in Genesis 1, God creates the world, and at the end of Revelation, he recreates it. The story of Adam and Eve, a tragic story, starts with two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know the story. Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Humankind was forever separated from God, and sin and brokenness and death entered the world. Isn't it interesting how in Revelation 22, in the recreation of the world, two trees are planted again on either side of the river, and this time they're both the tree of life. There is no more any possibility of separation from God, but instead eternal life with him. And what a phrase it says here in verse 2, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. I grant you, I'm reading into this just a little bit, but in my head I can picture uh, a world where God recreates the world and like that, everything is better, everything is good and made new. This image here almost seems to give us a slow process. The leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. Imagine plucking leaves off of the tree of life and mixing them into an ointment or a balm and spreading that on your wounds and the slow process of healing begins. The trauma, the death, and the pain that the world has suffered for years and years slowly is healed in the presence of the Lord. The persecuted church that for so many years has chosen to follow Jesus day in and day out despite the oppression that they experience, they'll finally have rest finally have relief, and the slow process of healing can begin. I think that's beautiful. I also want to point out that uh, in chapter 21, God says in verse 5, He who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I want to emphasize this point because I really think we don't talk about it enough. 
certainly not today in Canada in 2023. I mentioned we tend to think of heaven as a far-off, distant place. No, God is going to make things new, not take us away from the things that exist. In North Korea, where our brothers and sisters experience significant oppression and persecution, but also human rights abuses, such as a lack of food, it's not that suddenly they'll be zapped away from North Korea, but instead, all these issues are going to be fixed. God is making things new. There won't be a shortage of food. There won't be the threat of death or oppression. This world is made new. Displaced persons who are fleeing from Boko Haram in Africa because they follow Jesus, they're not going to be taken away to a different dimension in heaven. The world is made new and things are made right again here. A country that is broken and torn apart by war is going to be healed and fixed and there won't be war anymore. It'll be replaced with peace. The world is recreated into how it was supposed to be from the very beginning. As Open Doors seeks to strengthen our brothers and sisters where faith costs the most, we do all of this with an eye on our eternal hope. That eternal hope is found in God and it's found in the full establishment of His kingdom. Brother Andrew used to say that we bring Christ. We don't bring power. We don't bring political uh, opinions. We bring Christ, we bring love, and we bring the kingdom of God. And all of this is with an eye on the future when the full kingdom of God and the full love and presence of Christ will be made full and whole and perfect. If we can be a little part of bringing that to the earth now with an expectation of God doing it fully in the future, what an amazing thing that is. I hope that you, our listeners, will consider partnering with us as we work towards this goal of strengthening our brothers and sisters where faith costs the most. I've already pointed out the World Watch List, which is a great resource for you to use in learning about and praying for your persecuted family. We have many others. This is the prayer calendar. You can get a copy of this on our website. Every day, you'll find a new prayer request for a person or a situation or a country on the World Watch List to help you pray for your persecuted family. We release a new one of these every month, physical copies as well as digital copies for you to use. You can subscribe to our magazine, get this delivered to your home, or again, download it online. This comes out every two months. There's lots of other ways that you can learn about your persecuted family and commit to praying for them. I hope that this little mini-series on the podcast has been helpful. I hope it's been interesting. I know for me, I find it just so exciting to think about how God is working in the world, including in the lives of our persecuted family around the world. We're going to be back in the next number of weeks with the rest of this season of the podcast. As always, you can get in touch with us by emailing us at podcast at odcan.org. You can also message us on social media. We'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to hear about on the podcast, subjects, certain countries you'd like to learn more about. We're happy to hear your suggestions. As we close this podcast, I'm just going to say a word of prayer for our brothers and sisters around the world. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the opportunity to open your word and talk about the hope that we have in you. We look forward so much, God, to the day when you will come and make this world new again. When the death and the sorrow and the pain that we experience here in this world now will be replaced with life and joy and peace because of you. We thank you, Lord, for the witness and the testimony that our brothers and sisters around the world give us. Thank you for their commitment to following you even in the face of oppression and persecution. That's something I can't even comprehend. 
Lord, I'm so inspired by the faith of those who serve you, even when that costs them the most. I pray just in a very general sense that you would bless your church around the world today. Those who need strength, those who need comfort, would you give it to them in a very special way? Lord, we pray that you would move in this world today. We pray that in the years to come, we would see improvements on persecution. As we look ahead to the day when you will recreate the world, Lord, would we start on that trajectory and give us, uh, as people in Canada who want to follow you, give us the honor of being just a little part of that as you build your kingdom on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And for more information and more prayer points for persecuted Christians around the world, you can follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada or visit our website, opendoorscanada.org forward slash pray. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.